So the title of this morning's message is The Meaning of Life. It's kind of a big hunk to bite off. I have always had a gift for speaking. In fact, my mom told me uh, at one point that she thought I should have been a politician. And I've never forgiven her for saying that. (laughs) I... um, the danger that, that you run into when you have a gifting is that you lean on yourself and less on the Lord. And so um, as I was preparing a message and, and as I was thinking about what, what God wanted me to say this morning, um, it was a whole lot easier for me to, to reach for things that were comfortable. And of course, you know how God works. He doesn't really work in us with things that are comfortable. Uh, and so, unfortunately, that's right. So, the meaning of life, and I will tell you that, that this is a subject that I feel like I've struggled with for my whole life. Uh, and so we're going to be in Ecclesiastes, the entire chapter 2 this morning. Um, I've always looked at life and, and, and as I can view my life, <clears throat> I've always looked at life as if, if I focused on this one thing, and if I could just achieve this one thing, then everything would be fine. You know, then everything's going to be smooth, and you're going to be where you want to be, and you're not going to have to worry anymore. I can remember, I don't, I don't think my brain started functioning until I was about 18, like, I just don't think, and and so I have to realize when I get really mad at Wade, I don't think his brain's working yet. Like, (laughs) it's just, like for real, I don't, people, people ask me all the time, so when did you decide you wanted to be a vet? Um, When I was a senior in high school and I had to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. I mean, like for real, I didn't, I worked with my dad and I enjoyed working with my dad. My wife will tell you that she wanted to be a veterinarian for the time she was five. I don't remember five. For real, my brain resets itself every so many years. So for me to give you a memory of five, it's either something that somebody's told me or I made it up. Because like, I just don't remember things like that. So prior to the age of 18, I don't really know what I was doing. But most of it was probably stupid. Uh, <laughs> but it's easy for me to just say, Okay, so if I, could just, if I could just get really good grades, when I was going to SIU, if I could just get really good grades, my, get my GPA where it needs to be, so I can get into vet school. Because, I mean, it's tough. It's tough just to get into veterinary school. So, so I get to that point, and I get into veterinary school, and I think, all right, if I can just make it through vet school, if I can just get through and get a job, and I'll be making my own money, and I'll be on my own, and I can do what I want. I'm not going to be underneath the, you know, the thumb of my parents anymore because they're paying for my college, and they're paying for my food, and they're paying for my everything. So, so if I can just get my own money and do what I want, I'm going to be set. And then I get that, and I think, okay, if I could just build a house now. I've got a family started, and if I can just build a home and have a home, and and then I'll just be set. Everything will be good. I'll be set. You see where I'm at? And and so every stage of life, I just think, if I could just do this, if I can just accomplish this, then I'm going to be set. And so this morning, I got to pick on David Rogers just a little bit, and I asked permission, so it's okay. Um, (laughs) 
So, so now I'm at a point where I'm 44, and, and Mike McKee's not here today, but I was talking to Mike last week before the sermon, and, and right now, all I can think about is just retiring, okay? I'm 44, and I'm like, Lord Jesus, just let me make it to retirement. I just want to make it to retirement, because that feels like that's the glory land. You know, and, and so if I could just, if I could get my kids through college and, and save enough money that I can actually stop working every day because I feel like I have to, if I could just make it to retirement, that's going to be the greatest thing. And so how long ago did you retire, David? How long has it been? Been a year. Okay. So a year ago when David retired, and we have some really good discussions in, in men's Sunday school. Like it, it, sometimes it's really good. But about the first six weeks after David retired, some point during men's study, he would say, man, I tell you what, it is great since I've retired. You guys, this is just the best thing ever. And after about five weeks of hearing that, I looked at Kirk one Sunday when he goes, man, this retirement is just great. And I look at Kirk, Kirk looks at me and I'm like, are you going to choke him or am I? Because I'm tired of hearing about how great retirement is. Because all I want to do is get there. And I'm just, I'm teasing because I'm, I'm so glad you're there. But, you know, I look at Kirk and I'm like, man, is he ever going to stop talking about how great that is? <laughs> so, so, so here's what I do to myself. I, I set these things up in my mind that if, if I can only fill in the blank, then everything's going to be good. And, and, and you guys do it too. And I've got a scenario in my mind. You think, if I'd only win the lottery. Right? I mean, if I just had, if I just, if I just won the lottery, or, you know, if I just this, if I just didn't have this disease, if I just did, whatever. You fill, fill in the blank of your life with whatever scenario, because you know you've got one in there. You've got this scenario in your head. If only I could blank, if this could happen, then I'd be set. I wouldn't have anything else to worry about, right? We've all got that scenario in our head. If only we could just do this. If this thing could happen, we'd be good, right? That's what we do. So, as humans, we want to look for that thing. So, I'm going to go to a guy in Solomon who is widely considered the wisest man to ever live. And I don't think that I'm very wise. I think that for a long time, I thought I had some knowledge. I mean, I'm a doctor, you know. Surely I've got to be pretty smart, right? My daughter, when she was like eight years old, and I probably told this at some point, we were putting her to bed one, one night, and where'd she go? She's not even here. Oh. So, so she's like eight years old. And, and I, I made some sort of a comment where I said, well, you know, you, your mom and I are doctors. And she goes... Dad, you're not a real doctor. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> what was I thinking? You know, it's so much easier to be an MD. One species, right? One, one species. What do, what do veterinarians work on? Dogs, cats, cows, horses, pigs, snakes, chinchillas, rats, whatever. Okay, so you're an MD, and not only that, you're an MD, your patients come in and they say, it hurts here, right? Or I feel like I'm going to barf, right? We don't get any communication like that, you're just supposed to figure it out, 
tell me I'm not. I'm pretty smart. That's <laughs> what I always thought. There, it is. <laughs> there you go. So we're in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And Solomon has decided that he is going to figure out the good things in life. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. Now you're talking. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. Just think about some of the funniest people that we know of who have ever lived. Robin Williams, funny guy. He killed himself. <coughs> he killed himself. Chris Farley, funny dude. Uh, Belushi, OD'd on drugs. All right? So these are funny, funny people. I mean, how many people would think, man, if I could have just been Robin Williams, you know, I'd had it made. You got money, you got fame. What else do you need? Were they happy? Obviously not. They ended their own lives. Verse 4. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had ever lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. I mean, what a list of stuff. I was, I was reading an article that popped up. You know, I hate those things when you're, you're scrolling through and something pops up and, and then sometimes it snags me and I read it. They were talking about Michael Jordan's home. And apparently he's got this huge mansion that he built in Chicago. Well, he got divorced. He got the home and now he's decided to sell it. He wants to, you know, he wants something different. He doesn't even want to be in Chicago anymore. The home has been on the market for like 10 or 12 years and hasn't sold. $29 million was the initial asking price. 33,000 square feet. I mean, it's just, it's a monster. It's just a monstrous home. And so what, what's his thought? His thought is, who does, who does not, who wouldn't want to live in Michael Jordan's home? Right? I mean, how great is that? Well, apparently nobody does because nobody's bought it. So it was listed at $29 million. Now it's down to $13 million. And no, they've had auctions. They can't even get the reserve price of $13 million. It's monstrous. So what is all that? I mean, Solomon did the same thing. You think about that. You think about a, a huge home. Think about that. You think about, man, if I could just have, what, what a beautiful home that would be to live in something like that. Does that bring pleasure? Does that bring happiness? Apparently not. Michael Jordan wants to sell his. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. 
Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. So I decided to compare wisdom with foolishness and madness, for who can do this better than I, the king? I thought wisdom is better than foolishness, just as light is better than darkness. For the wise can see where they're going, but fools walk in the dark. Yet I saw that the wise and the foolish share the same fate. Both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up the same as the fool, what's the value of all my wisdom? This is all so meaningless, for the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool. In the days to come, both will be forgotten. So I came to hate life, because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must leave to others everything I have earned, and who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet will they control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun? How meaningless. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life? For all their hard work and anxiety, their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It's all meaningless. So I decided that there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from Him. God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please Him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please Him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, set himself to find out what is the best thing in life. What brings you great joy? What brings you satisfaction? Nothing apart from God. Nothing apart from God. Drink, drugs, partying. You talk about a party. I've been to some pretty good parties. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 22. Okay, so this talks about a party at Solomon's house. Okay? And this is what they're going to have to eat and drink. Solomon's daily provisions were 30 cores of the finest flour, 60 cores of meal, 10 head of stall-fed cattle, 20 of pasture-fed cattle, and 100 sheep and goats as well as deer, gazelles, roebucks, and choice fowl. That is a party. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. 
So Solomon set about this portion of his life to figure out what in life was the best. And he figured out there's nothing. There's nothing. The best party is always over. And so you're looking for the next party, right? We recently hired a new veterinarian, and he's 49, and both of his parents are deceased. And when he came to work for us, he did so um, to some extent to help us out. I mean, just to give us more time for life. And he said to me one day, there's nothing that I wouldn't give for one more cup of coffee with my mom. And he said, the problem with that is if I had one more cup, you know what I'd want? One more cup. There's nothing in life that we get that we don't want more. There's always more. We want more. There's nothing that can fill the void in our lives so that we are completely satisfied except God. That's it. So the meaning of life? To know God. To have a relationship with God. To know Jesus intimately. Now, as I stand up here and I say this to you, have I got this all figured out? No. But I'm trying. And every day I'm asking God for more of Him. And it's amazing how God can show you, if you ask Him, the things that He wants to change about you. Some of the things that I get the angriest about with my children. I mean angry are the things that I struggle with the most. And can I see it in myself? Not until God points it out to me. But I've got to ask. You have to seek. You have to ask. Very rarely is He just going to bludgeon you in the head and say, Look, stupid. <laughs> That's what I need most of the time. But if you seek, if you ask, He will show you. So it doesn't matter what it is, your fill in the blank. I, I still think, I still want to retire. <laughs> I still think, if I could just make it. But even talking to those who are retired, I talked to my dad, and he's retired. What's he got to worry about? What's he got to worry about? What's he got to worry about? He's got enough money in retirement. He could do whatever he wants. Worried. Not enough time. Not en I got all the stuff he's got to get done. Got to get done. Got to get done. Like, you ain't got to get nothing done. <laughs> Nobody's going to be on you if you don't finish whatever. <laughs> but in his mind, he's got to get it done. So it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. It doesn't matter what you're seeking. If you can, if you can push all of the things away that you think so badly that you need, if you, can, if you can erase from your mind whatever it is that you're chasing that's not God and put God in that place of whatever you're chasing, then that's the meaning of life. Let's pray. 
Lord, you are so good. And God, you give freely. And so, Lord, this morning I ask for each and every one of us that we would truly seek you. Lord, that we would seek you in a way that we're real with ourselves and that we're real with you. And it's not religiosity, it's not rules, it's not regulations, it's not doing this or that. But God, it's just asking what you want from us, what you want for us. And God, seeking that. Lord, each day, I would just pray that we would seek You. And Lord, You reveal Yourself to us. And that as each day passes, that we might grow a little bit closer to You. God, that You would continue working in us. And that You would complete the process that You have sought out for us. God, I just ask that each and every one of us in our lives, Lord, that we would look for true meaning in seeking You. Thank you again, Lord, for all that you do for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.